2: Welcome to the Get Lit with Becky Raven Podcast. I am your host, Becky, and this is your high vibe, weekly dose of inspiration, motivation, and empowerment to help you shush your inner critic, break through your limiting beliefs, build up your self-worth, get out of your own way, and fearlessly step into your power. This podcast has been created to help you build a life that you love and a mindset that will take you places giving you the confidence and drive to live your most lit up life through this podcast we hope to give you actionable tools to take away and tips that will show you the way to turning your dreams into reality and becoming the best version of yourself this is for the dreamer the believer the go-getter and the inspired it's time to get lit Hi and welcome back to the Get Lit with Becky Rabin podcast, the place to be to build up your self-worth, drop self-doubt, build a business that you are proud of, a life that you love and a mindset that will take you places. Today I have another incredible guest expert joining me for this podcast episode and today I have Megan Monaghan. She is one of the best meditation teachers. She is passionate about making meditation accessible and relatable for all. Her goal is to infuse a modern day realness into all that too often esoteric landscape of meditation. Since learning to meditate in 2009 with Deepak Chopra and becoming a Chopra certified instructor, she has taught thousands to meditate through her platform. She works with brands like Lululemon, Unplug Meditation, Netflix, Facebook, and Wonderlust, and works with clients internationally, always bringing her spiritual real talk. Her first book, Don't help meditate was published this past june by 10 speed press to stay connected with megan head to www.meganmonahan.com
3: hi megan hi i'm so happy to be here and doing this i miss you i wish, wish i was in london in person oh, doing this
2: with you i am so happy we have finally managed to get to do this i feel like we've been talking about this for years yeah we've been talking about it for a minute but it. It's good. It's happening and it's happening probably in
3: the perfect time. We're going to have the conversation that is like needed right now and that probably was
2: a different conversation two years ago. 100%. For a little bit of a backstory for you guys listening, Megan and I actually crossed paths when I was, I think I was in LA and I was doing reviews for All Healthy and I was like trying to check out all the like healthy hotspots. I was thinking like when did I actually meet you and how did it come about? I was like checking out all the healthy hotspots in LA, doing kind of like reviews and um, you guys have the most amazing place which you, well I don't know, is it still open out there unplug?
3: We're doing it digitally so you actually um, can come and take a class
2: with me that's amazing yeah it's called unplug yeah so unplug was this place i completely fell in love with um when i was out there it's like on how many do you guys have now There was one in Santa Monica and one in West Hollywood. Um, And it's like meditation centers, basically, which we just don't have here in London. I went and I was just so taken aback by how many people were going to like meditate in their lunch break and after work. Mm. Um, And I literally remember just messaging Megan, like, can I come to one of your classes? And then we just have friends ever since. And we've talked about getting Megan over to do an event with us and all of that fun stuff. But I'm just amazed. Like, I'm just so glad that you're here today and that we can do this um this episode today and i've wanted to do this one forever because i think it's probably one of the most asked questions that i get when people whenever i talk about my own personal journey with meditation um guys honestly like megan is like i wanted to do this properly Um, And Megan is like one of the best (laughs) meditation teachers at all that exists. She has been trained by the best. She has worked with the best. She's got a book out, which we're going to be talking about as well. But for me, like whenever I talk about meditation and like how I got into this journey and how I started my personal development. And for me, I say that meditation really changed my life. It really took me from this like fast paced, stressed, anxious, just negative person to such a more grounded person and it was just kind of like the catalyst for everything for me but it hasn't been an easy journey and I get asked so much by women like am I doing it right how do I start where's the best place to start and it's kind of like the thing that I think almost stops them from really acting yeah. and opening themselves yeah. up to their spiritual like development or their personal growth so for me, like you are the best in the business. I can't wait to share. We're going to do a bit of a 101 for you guys today on like all things meditation. Maybe you might take us through a little one at the end. Yeah, totally. So That would be cool. Um, but firstly, I'd love for you to kind of share for everyone else your story with like how you got to where you are today um, and the experiences that kind of led you to become a meditation teacher um, and also your training because I just think people would love to hear about the fact that you've like worked with Deepak um, and kind of got trained yeah. on it so yeah share a little
3: yeah. bit of your story so i always you know i always joke with people that i did not wake up like this i did not wake up feeling empowered and effortlessly mm. present and able to ebb and flow with the world. you know i i grew up in new york and new jersey i worked in the music industry like nothing about my life had anything that looked or felt or sounded like meditation or connecting with the stillness within. None of that stuff was was in my was in my life or in the way that I saw or navigated the world. So first and foremost, regardless of if this is totally new for you or or something that you've dipped your toe in, you can start meditating and you can change your life through meditation or or you can use meditation as one of the catalysts to to help you help you evolve and help you grow. Mm -hmm. Um, I started meditating 12 years ago while I was working in the music industry and my, my entryway into meditation was, was not at all graceful. It was as a result of a lot of chronic physical issues that were showing up because of stress in my life, because of a really tumultuous relationship that I had with my dad who was an alcoholic and Mm -hmm. in the process of, um, like dying for less, uh, lack of a less, um, whatever word and and the issues that I was having as a result of that. So that catalyst was like, oh, this doesn't feel okay. And I have all these things that are showing up and all this emotional toxicity that I've never dealt with that in my early 20s started to kind of overflow. I was working in the music industry, which while kind of fun and glamorous, was not fulfilling and was incredibly stressful. So it was really my body that took on all of that. And then at a certain point like sucker punched me. And I think it's really important to point out that, that, you know, we're constantly able to access these like whispers, whether it's like whispers from our mind or our heart or our body, where, it, where it's saying like, something's not going well, like we need to do something like yeah. this, we're in dis-ease. And, and I just ignored all of those light taps. And then it was like a light shot and I ignored that. And then it was a light punch and, I, and then I was like knocked out. And my knockout was having to get my gallbladder taken out from gallstones wow. from stress at 22. My knockout was having chronic hives for like a year and a half. And and at a certain point, my therapist said to me, "You need to like manage stress better. Like yeah. that's really the issue. Like you're unable to appropriately digest and metabolize the stress that's in your life." And so I started. Um, I started meditating, and I googled. Speaking of like not knowing anything about meditation, I Googled wellness, Southern California. I didn't even Google meditation. I was living in Los Angeles. I Googled wellness, Southern California. And this is 12 years ago when there weren't, you know, a plethora of options for things. And, and so Deepak Chopra's wellness center in San Diego came up as the first thing. And I called my mom and I said, do you know who Deepak Chopra is? That's like the first thing that came up and she started laughing and she was like, yeah, I know who Deepak Chopra is. And, um, and I ended up going down there down to San Diego and I sat in on this free like intro to meditation class. I had a medical consultation that really talked about Ayurveda and how to look at your body holistically. And, and I totally bought in and, I I had this sense of of knowingness around healing and, and like I can heal here and this is this feels different. And and so I took a huge leap of faith and spent money that I didn't have to go down there for a week and do this whole really intense panchakarma cleanse and learned how to meditate, meditated wow. every day, practiced yoga. And from that point on, that's that's what I wanted to immerse myself in. So within within a year i had done a few different programs there to keep like really working on myself and and then within like a year and a, a little maybe maybe a year and a half i had quit my job in the music industry and i was working there which wow. is like a whole other story around like manifestation and yeah. what can happen when you when you acknowledge like why you want something yeah. which for me was just wanting to help people heal and transform the way my life had been healed and transformed and when you let go of the, the specifics, you can literally be dropped at the highest version of what you want, which for me was, you know, working for, for Deepak. So I worked there so for a few hard. years full
2: time. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, it's like, that is one of those stories where it's just true. Like you followed your heart, you followed the niggles, you surrendered to all the if buts yeah. around it and you just went with it. But it is so hard to let go of all the like little bits and like the control elements and just run with yeah. it how was it being trained there and like did it just feel right the whole way through did you just feel like i found my thing i found my flow
3: yeah it it was amazing so when i worked for him and for his center full time it was it was like twenty four seven because I was at work and I was learning all these things and I had access to these. And at the time, I didn't know who any of these people were, but I'm, I had access and I'm in sessions with like Wayne Dyer and Marianne Williamson and Jean it's, Houston uh, and like these incredible healers and thinkers and and minds and you know Eckhart Tolle. You know, I mean, it's insane what I had access to and who I was yeah. able to learn from. Yeah. Um, and I'm really thankful that I didn't know about that yeah. world because my ego really wasn't involved in it at all. I was just very humbly like receiving all of this, um, and so I it was it was really immersive because I did a lot of I did a lot of really intensive work on myself during those like three years. That's when I became a certified teacher, you know, yeah. with the Chopra Center and and started doing that, and then and then again in a very detached way, I ended up leaving. I ended up quitting, you know. Um, for the sole reason that I really felt called to come back to LA to help people in LA to like be in that energy again. And within a few months, I was still working with the Chopra Center. So leaving with like a completely clean cut with gratitude, with love, and then having them say, oh, well, could you help us run our teacher training? And oh, could you help us run the events? And then eventually could you host events? And then eventually could you be one of the speakers at events? And there's so much that can happen when you, when you can rest in detachment. and not get so involved in the mechanics of creation when it comes to manifesting what you want.
2: I love that.
3: We can always talk about that if you want,
2: but yeah, yeah, there's that because I would love to talk about that because Mm -hmm. I know that again, the audience is so, we like attract these women that are such go getters. They're motivated. They they want more in their lives, but they're also perfectionists and hard workers and have like gone their whole life, like doing what the shoulds are. But I think there's this, um, I did a training with my, group coaching program on detaching in business too it's that energy of like I'm going to really help you and I'm going to do the best for you with your clients but I don't need you you need me and so you're not going to that needy energy with clients and I think there needs to be a lot like we'll definitely come back to that because I'd love to talk to them all and hear your kind of insight on detachment from especially if they are meditating to manifest or visualize or go into all of that yeah I'll give you my manifesting hacks for sure yeah okay cool maybe we'll do something like that as the meditation at the end as well because I know they'll all they'll all love to do that and so what does it look like for you now daily i know you're an author so you've got the book don't hate meditate i've actually got it this is the like the, book, the one that you gave me oh got, gosh, like, right. for sale. yeah
3: i have to send you a, i didn't realize you had that version i'll send you a pretty version yes yeah, the color version the hardcover version yeah. no you have like you have like the og one because yeah, Robin, think the, the last time one. i saw you the last time i saw you I, it wasn't out yet
2: no, it wasn't out when we were in L.A. Um, and I love it because, guys, if you don't have it, I really recommend you getting it. It's called Don't Hate, Meditate, and then it's five easy practices to get you through the hard shit and into the good, which I love because it's re- real and it's relatable. You and I have had so many conversations about speaking to people in the language that, you know, yeah. they need to hear it in because um, whilst the world of spiritualism and self-growth is incredible, a lot of the conversation is quite the barrier in itself.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, It's so
2: esoteric. Mm.
3: Yeah. And it can be fun to do this work. Like you and I, the conversations that we end up in, you know, are about really high level things, but they're also really fun and entertaining and funny. And yeah. so when I was writing the book, I really wanted to channel that part of myself. So yeah, it's Even really in like
2: the first few pages. It's just like, you're talking to your best mate. Like, it's like, oh, I'm having a nice conversation. So obviously you've got the book and um, you're hosting classes that unplugged. Do you work with Women 1 to 1 as well still at the moment? or
3: Yeah, I'm doing way more of that, especially now. Um, yeah. Way more... Um, Way more work with people one on one, and more work with um, with corporations as well. Yeah, um, which has been really fun. Um, so especially at the beginning of the pandemic, did a lot of stuff with like Netflix and Facebook, and yeah. it was cool it's cool to go
2: into into other environments and bring this and bring this in. For yeah. sure. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some questions and some of them are going to be quite basic. Cause I thought in my head, I was like, okay, the, the people who are listening to this are probably going to dibble and dabbled out of meditation. Yeah. I also want to caveat here to anyone listening. Like I meditate most mornings. It looks different for me every morning. I am absolutely not a pro. Um, and I still very much am in this like love, hate relationship with it because I love how it makes me feel when I get it and I nail it or whatever nailing it means. Um, and then sometimes I feel such resistance to it. And I want to break down some of that as well, why people might mm-hmm. find the resistance in it. Yeah. Um, but I guess firstly, one piece of advice for anyone who is like starting out their meditation journey, is there like one thing that you would say to someone who is like in that, like that kind of like, am I doing it right? Kind of mentality. Is there like a yeah. one bit of advice that you would give anyone starting out?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So really important and i'm so glad that you're bringing this up because there's a lot of things that people say to me like oh i had a really good meditation Sarah. that one was really bad and i always say to people as long as you're sitting down and doing it you're meditating. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what happens in your meditation. It's not unlike if you're if you're practicing yoga or running or weightlifting and you have that day where you feel like you could run forever or you feel like you could like hold that pose forever. And then you have another day where you're doing the same workout and it feels like you've never moved your body in your life. Yeah. And it feels so like heavy and like laborious. and And both of those workouts counted right so the same thing is true for meditation think of your meditation like a mental workout it's much more important that you sit down and do it and much less important how it felt or what happened because the benefits of your meditation are going to show up outside of your meditation nothing's necessarily happening in your meditation if you have one of those really cool meditations where you have like an aha moment or where you see colors or where you have some cool experience a cool meditationy moment—that's what I call them. It's a very technical term. That's really dope, right? But the other meditation that didn't feel like that is just as valuable. So that's what I would say. Number one, like, go we'll have any expectations of yeah. what it needs to look or feel like. And the second thing that I think is really valuable is to get really clear on why you're meditating, because especially in the beginning, I am the first to admit that meditation feels a lot like sitting and doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and and everything in comparison to sitting and doing nothing, everything will seem more important or more fun. Like what seems more fun meeting like a girlfriend for a walk or a drink or sitting and doing nothing, right? What seems more important, like responding to those eight emails or sitting and doing nothing. So especially in the beginning, it's so important that you get clear on why you're doing this because that underlying reason, which might be sleeping better, it might be having more clarity. It might be, you know, becoming like a master manifester. It might be, reducing stress, those things will be more important than the one email that you have to reply to or that Instagram story that you're watching or so get really clear on why you're doing it and and keep that as the motivator um, rather than
2: just the act of it. Act of it. I love that. And you spoke about like um, obviously the benefits that it can have and how it shows up outside Mm -hmm. of the meditation. Do you think that's part of the problem sometimes with people is they expect to have these like the changes to happen within and actually what we're looking for is what happens like outside of it. And I guess with that question comes, what is it that can come out of it? Like what is so magic about it? How can it really change lives and in what ways? Yeah,
3: 100%. I also think that our ego does a really good job (laughs) once we create balance in our life. So let's say, you know, meditation is really the antidote to stress. So if you are someone that feels um, quite reactive to things and less responsive. If the fuse line between the stimulus in your life and your response isn't very long, you're like, wow, I want to be more responsive. I want to be more patient. I want to be more present with these things that are showing up so that I'm not like losing it all the time in my mind or feeling that flush of stress. Yeah. Um, or for me, physiologically, you know, it was feeling those symptoms that's going to show up through meditation. Right. And You will find at some point, I don't know how long it'll take, depending on you and what's going on. You will find at a certain point that you are just more responsive, but our ego does a really great job. Once we've like fixed the thing, quote unquote, your ego is like, oh, we don't need to do that thing anymore because we fixed ourselves. We fixed that thing. So maybe you're doing it for stress. Maybe you're meditating because you want to be more present. You want to have less anxiety. You want to have less of that monkey mind, right? There are some things that happen physiologically in your brain that start to shift that help you innately be more present, that that slow down the future pacing, that slow down the self-referred thinking, which is where we get stuck in like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And you're constantly just thinking about yourself and imagining terrible versions of your life, right? Yeah. That anxiety that shows yeah. up. So that will get better if you start meditating, but that will get better. And, and your ego is going to be like, oh, you're the shit. We don't need to meditate. Let's like go out and like live in the world as this great new version of ourselves that we created. So if you can continue to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Yeah, you will. You will not only be more committed to your practice, but you will also get better at noticing those benefits show up in your life. Yeah, and I see too. It's kind of like, um, do you guys use the, the phrase adaptogen herb in yeah. in the UK, like like ashwagandha, or oh, yeah? So there are certain herbs that you take that that will just kind of read where you're at, and will bring you up or will bring you down. They kind of adapt to adapt, right? That's the word adaptogen, right? They adapt to what you need. I always think of meditation as like the ultimate adaptogen, amazing. Because if if what you're needing is like more peace or more compassion or, or something like that, then that's what you'll see. If you're needing less stress, that's what you'll see. If you're needing less anxiety, that's what you'll see. So, um,
2: it's really hundred percent. I think like there were so many things that you said in there that like, I think if everyone's honest, we're all stressed. So many, yeah. like we live in such fast paced stress lives. I think some people don't even realize that they are stressed because that's all they've ever known. Um, yeah. and for me, that was where meditation really changed everything for me, because it also gave me like, my morning routine it gave me that like peace mm-hmm. in the morning that's when I tend to meditate I feel like that's when I get the most out of it um and like how important is it to have that consistency because I really believe like, with everything in life that when we are so afraid of like shining and being our most successful selves that that is when our ego comes in play right and it causes us mm-hmm. to like resist doing the meditation or whatever act it is that's going to make us feel better about ourselves so how important is it because you mentioned there about like we're so we want instant gratification we want things all the time and we're used to getting that so do you think that that is maybe a part of parcel as to why people go okay well we've we've itched that scratch now i don't need to meditate anymore but how important Mm -hmm. is it to be consistent with it and also i know so many people are going to be thinking okay well how often should i be doing it and how long should i be doing it for yeah
3: so I having consistency is so important. It's important with anything. And we rationally know this. But again, meditation feels so intangible that it's easy to fall out of, oh, I'm going to do this every day and be committed to it. You know, I think that the most valuable thing that you can bring into your life is a greater sense of agency over your mind, mm. is the ability to be aware of what you're thinking, of how you're perceiving the world, and how you're responding to things, because the thoughts that you have are literally the building blocks for your reality. Yeah. Right. There's a really great quote. Um, the Emerson said it. Maybe some older white gentleman is credited as saying Probably it. Emerson. Um, or Wald. Yeah, maybe Emerson. Um, but the ancestor to every action that you've ever taken is a thought. Yeah. The ancestor to every action you've ever taken is a thought. So if you want to create change outside of yourself. You have to increase like the muscle of awareness inside of yourself. And up until I was, you know, 22, 23, when I started meditating, I didn't have that. And I believed every single thought that I had. So 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, a lot of them are batshit crazy. And here I am (laughs) believing every single thought and inviting every thought to be part of my world. And once you start meditating, one of the biggest things that you will start to have is this agency over your mind, this ability to notice what you're thinking, to notice the story that you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you have a choice. You now have the choice to say, this is a really unhelpful, self-sabotaging, dangerous thought. And it could be something as, as you know, small as, um, I don't know if I would ever get clients doing this, right? That thought can impact your entire external world. Yeah. But if you can, if you can bring in awareness of that thought and question it and say, wow, look at that bullshit thought. I'm not going to engage with that thought. I'm going to let that one go. Then all of a sudden that thought doesn't have power over you. And we're so conditioned. We're so programmed by seven or eight years old. And after that point, we literally have basically the same thoughts every day. Yeah. So around 70% of our thoughts every day are just repeat thoughts. And the key to creating transformation in your life isn't just wanting to be better or wanting to be more positive or wanting to think more, you know, empowered about your life. The key is to start questioning parts of that story that don't serve you and then thinking new things. And right. And that's what we, that's what you do so brilliantly with people, but it starts with having the awareness of what's happening there. So so I think of it as a a mental training, you know, and a mental workout. And in order to stay strong, you know, I've been in a pandemic, there are definitely parts of my body that are not quite as strong as when I was doing strength training, you know, several times a week, because I don't have a gym in my apartment. So those muscles are weaker now. So if I tried to do, you know, a deadlift, I wouldn't be able to lift as much. So the same thing is with your mind, you're building this muscle of awareness in your mind. And you have to keep toning it and you have to keep strengthening it so that when the thing shows up like I don't know a global pandemic you're strong enough to lift
2: that weight that way yeah I love that for you what does meditation that like does it change every day because obviously there's many different ways that you can meditate right yeah how, totally mm-hmm. I think that's probably what um it's so funny we actually googled like what would like we put in like meditation and like what are the top questions asked and Yeah, one of them is literally how do you meditate because I, For me, I love a guided meditation. um, And I also feel like I come into myself a lot more when there's um, like a flowy music. So if I'm feeling like I'm up here and I've been like taking clients all day and I'm like on the receiving end and I'm giving so much energy, I just, and I need to ground myself, I'll play some music. And like, I think I've kind of got to the point where I meditate, uh, like not sitting sometimes and I'm just like taking it all in. Um, But But also when I was away recently, um, I was with three girls, we all meditate and everybody meditated completely differently. And one of my friends was like, well, I can't have any music because it takes me away from myself. So when someone's sitting there and they're Googling, how do you meditate? I guess what are the different ways in which we can meditate and what really actually defines meditation? Mm
3: -hmm. So there are so many different ways. There are so many different techniques, so many different practices Um, the kind of meditation that I do is more of a, um, contemplative practice and, and fixing your attention on one thing. So I use either the breath. Sometimes I'll do that with, with clients, depending on what their background is. And sometimes I'll use more often than not a mantra. So mantra being, um, you know, Sanskrit word that means mind vehicle and it involves silently repeating one thought. Mm -hmm. And I find, and I would just say, especially for for all of you like UKers, um, when you have quite a turbulent mind and a busy mind, because they're you know they're that's a very subjective thing. My New Yorker mind is really busy. I am like thought 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 thought. So when you can focus your attention on one thought, which is what I would give you as a mantra, and the mantra that I use in the book is so hum hum, so, which is the sound of your breath and also distills down to the essence i am when you focus on that one thought it's a meaningless thought because it's in Sanskrit and none of us were raised speaking the dead language of Sanskrit. And so it doesn't mean anything to your mind. So your mind doesn't take that thought and then say, Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that I did want to talk to you about. Right. Yeah. And so, so a lot of times when people want to meditate with like affirmations or like I am love or I am abundant, or those are beautiful. And I, I definitely use those in certain areas of my practice, but those thoughts all mean something to you. So yeah. you can be silently repeating I am love and very quickly your mind's going to be like, I would love a coffee after this thing is right so so for me that's the practice that has always worked the best Um, and I think that and I think that when you practice focusing your attention on one thing know that the goal the goal with any meditation is not to stop your thoughts or silence your mind right because as long as you have a pulse you're going to have thoughts yeah but when you do practice focusing on on something the practice is really to just notice when you drift away and when you do go into another thought about coffee or about a vacation or about that noise you just heard, and then you bring yourself back and that's where you're doing that like mental rep.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: That's where you're building this muscle, right? To be able to notice where your mind is going and to bring it back to where you want it to be. So when you're doing something like a mindfulness practice or a mantra practice, that's traditionally what you're going to find. Bringing yourself back to this point of focus. There are things like sound baths. People are always like, oh my gosh, I love sound baths. I'm like, well, of course you do because you just have to lay there and like receive this like healing, right? So I think that there are different things with meditation. So the one that I do is, like I said, a mental workout. And it doesn't mean that you don't find stillness or a sense of calm or a sense of, right? But it's going to be different than someone guiding you. So guided meditations, equally, um, equally amazing, equally beneficial, but they're just doing something different. Mm -hmm. For me, it's always about how can I strengthen Mm -hmm. that muscle of awareness for you so that you stop getting in your own way, so Mm -hmm. that you regain control over how you are perceiving the world and how you are responding to the world.
2: the power of like it all just really stems in awareness doesn't it it's like the same as when you're saying to someone like you're never going to not have a wobble in life and you're never going to not face problems it's how quickly you can come back to love right that's what Marianne Williams always says it's like you're always going to have the fear-based thoughts or actions or beliefs about things it's how quickly you can choose again and you can say that's not actually the right thought but I've caught I've caught it let's go again. And I guess it's the same thing that you're kind of saying there for meditation, I guess with the different types of meditations, then are we meant to feel that was another thing that came up a lot on Google was like, how are we meant to feel um, when we're meditating? And again, like, I think there's sometimes when I meditate, and I just feel very peaceful and calm. And, you know, I really don't think of anything and I allow myself to just be. And then there are sometimes perhaps when I do more of the guided ones where they make me Mm -hmm. kind of and they're probably perhaps because they are focused a lot more in like being in my heart center or whatever it might be. And so I feel more joy. I kind of like to use my meditation sometimes to elevate my, my emotions and my vibrations and stuff. So is that the same answer then when what you, what you should feel, is it different depending on the meditation that you do and the person that you Yeah,
3: I would say, yeah, I would say it's different depending on what you're doing. And a lot of times at the end of my meditation, I'll bring in like some contemplation. So I might bring in, um some questions about what do I want to create in my life and right yeah. so so certain things can be brought in and evoked in that um, whether it's gratitude or love or intention setting or any of those things. Um, and and the, the other short answer is that there's room for all of it. So there's room for all the meditation. So you can find what resonates with you and and do that. You know, find what works for you, find what allows you to, um, feel connected to a practice. You know, there's chanting. I mean, there's so many different, there's so many different, there's so many different things you can do. Yeah.
2: When I was there, I went to the, um, is it Ram, Ramda? 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 Oh, Ramda. Yeah. Um, and like we were chanting and like, it was like more Kundalini kind of meditation and it was really powerful at the same time. I felt so much resistance, but it was incredibly powerful for me as well. Why do you think personally that we resist it so much? Do you just think it's the overwhelm of all the different options? Do you think it's a self-sabotage? Why do you think people really struggle to sit and meditate?
3: Yeah, I think, I think because it's so subtle, I think because it's, in a very inactive thing, yeah. even if you are doing one that's a little bit more like chanting, I think it's really inactive, I think it's really subtle, and I think what we favor in life are the things that are bold are the things that are very tangible and and quickly show up in response so yeah I, I think it's i think it's that I think that gets in the way. I think that if it was um, inactivity, right, we would do it um so it's, it's, mm. yeah, it's interesting though, isn't it? That
2: yeah, it's, it's crazy that you
3: can do every day, which if you stay in your own home can literally be free and is the number one thing that has changed my life that has transformed how I see myself, how I see the world, how, I mean, all of the things in my life that are counted on the list of greatest blessings have come as a result of meditation. It's that includes my relationship with my dad. That includes my relationship with myself. That includes my ability to, you know, attract
2: what I want. I mean, literally all of the things are very quickly traced back to meditation. And is that part of manifestation and visualization in your meditation? Like, how does that differ? I know we spoke about that earlier, but I think it's like, you know, where you're saying now that like you've created certain things in your life that have come and like, you know, we spoke before we kind of went on the call here that in my meditation and I keep seeing things in places like keep saying river mm-hmm. and then I get on the phone to you and your dog's called river and I'm like, oh my God, what is this river? Like, what is yeah. this clue? Yeah. Um, I believe there's a lot of things that I've manifested in my life too from like both meditating or for me I really find I meditate and journal at uh, the same I kind of like that that for me feels very much like my kind of practice. I have to like journal out yeah. what I think. But for you, how has that kind of manifested from what have you done in your meditations that have allowed you to manifest that out? Because if you're saying like, I imagine someone's listening to this and they're saying, okay, so I'm meditating and I'm saying that mantra, which has no meaning to it. How does that manifest the relationship that you want in life?
3: Yeah. So one of the things that will happen in meditation is that you will start to increase your level of consciousness. And they've done a lot of studies on what the brain looks like, you know, pre-meditation, post-meditation, on people that have meditated for twenty years, and there are certain physiological things that will start to shift you into a more expansive place. Yeah. So, so there's some science around all of the like woo-woo stuff. Yeah. But which but, I love, by know. the way, it's coming
2: out now. I absolutely love that we're getting mm-hmm. that kind of neuroscience and all of yeah. that kind of modern age quantum physics that's coming out, which is actually proving the physiological right. changes. I feel like it's what a lot of people needed to hear, a lot of the skeptics. Right, in order think, to buy yeah. into it. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. So so that's definitely there in affirming that. But, but really for me, you know, I think, and this is what I talk about in the book, there are five things that I started to really embody mm-hmm. through meditation and through like reprogramming and reconditioning myself, which were presence, acceptance, intention, non-judgment and trust. Yeah. And in the, in the trust chapter and and in the book, I give you a quiz that you can take. It was very like, like 17 Magazine or like Cosmo Girl style from when I was like 12, I was like, oh my gosh, we need to have a quiz in this book. And that's what needs to have. So, so you kind of take this quiz and you can see where you fall in those five mindsets, in those five qualities. Um, And for me, trust was for me, you know, for someone else, it might be presence or it might be intention. But for me, trust was the biggest barrier to manifestation because a lot of manifestation for me has been has been surrendering has been resting in the expansive possibility and letting go of the idea that I need to be the one that makes it happen entirely of course like there's a I always say like you have to show up for your desires you know so one of the big questions that I'll ask myself a lot and I'll do this in meditation is you know, what do I really want? And what does that desire require of me? How does it require me to think? How does it require me to speak? How does it require me to act? Yeah. How can I be more like on brand with yeah. my desire? Yeah. Right. And be like the perfect home for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to show up for your desire. You have to, you know, I talk about in the book, like picking up spiritual breadcrumbs, because as soon as you acknowledge what you want, you know, the universe will start to co-create that with you and you will start to see spiritual breadcrumbs just placed and and if you're not being present you won't notice them. Yeah. If you're not trusting and open enough, you likely won't take the leap of faith to put yourself out there to follow them. And and that's okay. It just is going to take you longer. Yeah. So when you look at like the things in my life that look really impressive on paper, that happened very quickly. It's not because I did a great job like making that happen. It's because I was super clear on not just what I wanted, but how I wanted to feel and why I wanted that. Even with the book, I didn't. My intention, my my desire was not to write a book. It was not to get a book deal. It was to share my work with more people, and I didn't really care how that happened. Yeah. Right. So I was so so clear and so connected to what we would call in Sanskrit the um, the sankalpa the intention and desire whispered from your heart, not cognized by your mind, right? So you connect with that. Mm -hmm. You notice the spiritual breadcrumbs that show up in response to that. And connecting with that deeper desire also helps you to not dream from your current state of reality, because that's the other place that we get in the way. We kind of look around our life and we're willing to go a little bit past what we can see, but not that much farther past. We like to know how we're going to get somewhere and then we'll decide it's okay to go there.
4: Yeah.
3: And in my life, you know, through meditation, there has become this boldness and this fearlessness around wanting things when I have no idea how they would happen, wanting things that don't look practical that I can't see the route to and and none of that happens if I hadn't changed my relationship with with those five qualities and, and specifically with trust.
2: I mean, that whole thing was amazing. And I think like what you're really saying in all of this is that it is the gateway, which is why mm-hmm. I guess even when I said at the beginning, it was the start of everything for me. It's like when you come into that place and you build that consciousness and you expand more and you, you allow for that space, that's when you're able to go into the the other kind of steps that it requires for you to show up and become the person that you want to become. So it was trust, yeah. acceptance, right? It's not non- that paint, the acronym, presence. Oh, presence,
3: presence, acceptance, intention, non-judgment and trust.
2: So the non-judgment is that non-judgment of yourself and others or just yourself or of what you want to call it? Of
3: all of it, you know, non-judgment, non-judgment and acceptance kind of teeter back and forth but you know we do a lot of arguing with reality we do a lot of constantly moving from moment to moment saying I like this I don't like this and when something happens that we didn't want all of a sudden it's bad right and we get really stuck in that so so a lot of non-judgment talks about Mm -hmm. how to be more in like the flow and and more um more expansive and less rigid
2: yeah I love I mean, that, I that. I think mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of people that will take away so much particularly with the trust I think that really resonates with me and even hearing you say mm-hmm. that I feel like even having this call right now I'm like this was such a massive I needed this from the universe too because we can get so clear on what we want I think particularly those who are a lot of people listening to this are coaches you know they're wanting to start their own business or they're um, or, or they're just people who want to access higher levels of, of of themselves in life whether it's start a business or really go and get what they want they're go-getters. And I think that one of the things that we I specifically struggle with the most is I know what I want. I know how I want to feel. I know exactly what I want to call into my life. I embody that person. I become the identity of that person. But I probably don't trust that the universe is just going to yeah. do this thing around me. Right. And that I need to just rest. And I had a really amazing like card reading the other day where I literally had this message of, like, you need to just lay down and relax and, like, right. just trust that all of these things that you want are coming. There's nothing more that you need to do. And it was really right. like a uh, moment. And Which it was, is, Go on. Go ahead, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and even then, from that, there's been a few things that's happened in my life in the last few weeks where it's come out of nowhere. And I've just gone, okay, universe, I get it. You're showing me that it can come from absolutely nowhere when I'm least expecting it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah so yeah two things just on that i always say especially with money cuz cuz a lot of people struggle yeah. with you know and i certainly have with my relationship with money in the past it's not your job to know where it's coming from mm-hmm. whatever it is whether it's like the love or the client or the money or the oper- whatever it is it's not your job to know where it's coming from it's not your business until it enters your world and then how you engage with it that's your fucking business and yeah. that's where you have to like show up with integrity with presence with acceptance with all these things that we talk about but, you know, when you talk about it, it's so funny because I, you know, I have a very New Yorker, like sense of urgency driven yeah. go-getter, right? Like, innately, basically British. yeah, I'm basically <laughs> British, right? Exactly. Which is why I'm quite palatable. Um, when you have that mentality, it's so uncomfortable to let go of the idea that you need to be the one that makes everything happen. Because yeah. if I said to you, like, use all of that go-getter energy to surrender, <laughs> Like that sounds so uncomfortable and that sounds like the worst thing that you could possibly like ask someone to do, but that's really what it is. It's more about like fueling and and just refunneling that energy into being so incredibly dedicated and like non-negotiable around a meditation practice, around, you know, journaling, if that's what it is for you, around surrender, around trust, around, right. That's, that's where it starts. Yeah, it doesn't start from the outside
2: it starts yeah. from the inside So people are getting where they're focusing all their energy so wrong they're like if well if i just do this one more time or i just launch one more thing or i just do yeah. like apply for that job instead of like well if i just actually wake up in the morning and i think that comes with what we perceive to be the healthiness i think for a long time my energy and focus was like and I, i'm sure this is many people that are listening is like, well, if I just go to the gym more, then I'll be happy. And if I just go and buy that thing one more time, then I'll be conditional. Yeah. It's so like on the external. Okay. So just a few like myth busts, but we've, we've kind of mentioned some of them along the way, but I want to just like caveat some of them is you said like, you're not, your job is not to like stop your thoughts and become black. Is that one of the biggest myths?
3: Yeah. It's still the number one thing that I hear like all the time especially people from New York or from like the UK all the time. I can't meditate. I have too many thoughts. I've tried to stop. I've tried to stop the Megan. I tried to do it. I sat down. I couldn't do it. I can't meditate. I don't know who said it the first time, but that's still the number one thing that I hear. Mm -hmm. And I can't stress enough that you are never going to silence your mind or erase your thoughts. Right. So even if you listen to like, you know, like amateur hour guided meditations, if you ever hear someone saying like, and now let's settle in and start to silence our mind. Like, like just press stop. Like just please don't do it. Please don't listen yeah. to it. Like there's just a lot of it. And I don't wow. know. And I don't know why. But it's not possible.
2: So amazing. I think, and I think Period. that that is the problem is maybe when people are starting out, they obviously don't know where to go. They don't know about teachers like yourself and that there's experts out there. And so they're like going to YouTube or they're like, and they don't know. And I think that that is probably where the barrier comes is that they're like, what? I've been told that I have to silence my mind and just shut up and stop and be. Yeah. And like, that is so scary for someone, particularly who's a go getter and is thinking about all these things yeah. that you do and they want to achieve. What are some of the other myths that you get the most? I saw that you said something like someone says like, "Oh, I can't cross my legs, so I can't do it." Yeah. Do you oh, yeah. Stick? I still
3: get that one a lot. No, you don't have to sit. God, <laughs> I had someone even like even recently. I was doing a um. Uh, i'm teaching on a new digital platform um actually very well timed for you So it's at 8 30 in the morning on wednesdays so oh, that's like evening for wednesdays my morning yeah so it's that's like what like 5 30 for you okay, yeah you're amazing.
2: eating make sure you send us the link and we'll put it in the bio here with everything yeah
3: but she was saying to me you know let's do some ig lives and help people like learn more about meditation and maybe you could show them your space like where you sit. And if you have like an altar or if you have like your cushion and I was like, well, I would be happy to show them my cushion. It's in the corner because I don't use it, but it looks very pretty. Um, I definitely don't have an altar per se. I do have like areas where there's some like devotional elements, but I definitely don't have an altar that I sit in front of. And that's okay. There are practices where that's part of it. I was was like, I can show you the chaise lounge that I sit on where I put my feet up. I'm happy to show you that. And like the cup of coffee next to me (laughs) that I have right now that I definitely will drink before meditation. So no, you do not have to sit the way that you've seen meditators sitting on the cover of like yoga journal magazine, if that's not comfortable for you. So that's the other thing, like we don't often do things. Repeatedly, like I don't know, every day for the rest of our lives that aren't comfortable. Yeah, so you want it to be a comfortable practice. I never want the thought that keeps pulling you away from like whatever that focus is for you to be something like my across my legs, yeah. like my <laughs> legs are numb. Like that should not be the thing that's, yeah. that's taking you out of like your flow. So I love so that,
2: flag, because we're, we were on like beds. Like these amazing yeah. like, blow up beds. I was like, this is comfortable. I lay down when yeah. I meditate. Like I don't. If, do. Yeah, if if
3: that works for you. I always say with laying down, I'm the kind of person that could fall asleep at like <laughs> a crowded restaurant if you give me like a booth with like some sort of padding. So I can't really lay down when I meditate. I will <laughs> yeah. likely fall asleep. Um, and sleeping and napping and meditating are not the same thing although if you have a meditation where you fall asleep, that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you failed. It means that your body needed rest mm-hmm. in that very specific way. So that's fine. Yeah. But um, but laying down is fine. If you're not falling asleep every time, lay down. like Be comfortable. It's
2: basically in all of this, it's the same as absolutely everything else. And it really just has to be about what works for you, what feels good for you, what works yeah. for you, what gets you the most like I guess, results on the outside when they show up or makes you feel like you can show up as the best version of you? Is that, would you say that that's the case? Yeah. Do, you, do you advise someone getting a coach if they really want to like delve deep into like mastering meditation and stuff? Because obviously I, I I am telling people left, right and center, get a coach, yeah. get a mentor in whatever area yeah. you need support in. Um, and I don't think a lot of people think about getting a meditation coach because mm-hmm. they don't realize that that is what's going to help them access all yeah, the so many things. Doing.
3: Yeah, so I think what's really special, and there are lots of things online you can do to like learn how to meditate, or even like get a mantra. Because I give people privately, I give people mantras based on their birth information, which is obviously something that you need a teacher for. But there are a lot of places that you can go to just get information and like learn how to meditate. What I think is really beneficial in terms of a coach, and this is why I wrote the book the way that I did. Um, because not everyone has access to a coach. Um, Although digitally, I guess now we're a little more open, but, um, but what I think is really special about a coach is that you can have someone that can help you translate this expanded awareness into your life, or they can help you look at your life through these different lenses and help you create a shift in how you're seeing things. Um, And then someone that can, you know, like whenever I do a, a call with people, it's usually like half coaching, half of that. Yeah. And then we'll meditate based on whatever came up in that conversation. Yeah. So if we realize if we, you know, I had a really big like breakthrough with a client the other day and it was like, okay, great. Now we'll meditate on that. Yeah. Now like I'll bring that into meditation for you. Yeah. So it just can be more specific. It's not that you can't get all, find all those things on your own journey, but I do think that that's where it, which shows up. So.
2: amazing well thank yeah. you so much I think that's going to have helped a lot of people I know for so many people I think they just overwhelm themselves with that am I doing it right should I be doing this where should I go what should I do yeah. um do you fancy do, Should we do one do you feel yeah let's yeah. do okay yeah, cool yeah. One. well do we need do I need to do anything, you to do,
3: anything. <laughs> do I need, I to, need do to do, need to do anything
2: do I need to sit yeah.
3: in any certain yeah. way you don't need to do anything um how long do you want to meditate for it should we just do like a,
2: a casual like hour or yeah just a casual couple of hours would be fab no let's <laughs> should, should do like a five a five minute yeah. so they've got it um yeah. i will obviously drop in the bio guys all the details for megan i guess before we go into the meditation and get into a vibe how is it best for people to contact you um so on your instagram it's megan how do you say your last name Mon- monahan monahan
3: yeah it's meg monahan on meg instagram because there's another yeah. megan who stole my name um yeah at meg monaghan so you can like spiritually slide into my dms anytime um you can give me i'll I'll give you my email or whatever um Uh but any of that is fine and i'll give you i'll give you a recording of like a manifestation meditation yeah that would be amazing
2: that would be absolutely Um, and if
3: you want we can do a um a book giveaway if you want if you want to like um pick a winner and we can and i'll give away a book
2: Okay, cool. Let's do that. What we'll do guys, if you're not signed up to my mailing list, make sure that you are, and we'll send them all an email and we'll do it that way. And we can give them the link yeah. to the guided meditation as well. And then put all your contact details in there. Okay, well fab, let's do this. I'm excited. Let's I do it. this. <laughs> I put on,
3: um, Oh River's going to meditate too. He's oh, a great meditator. Gonna
2: me- Susie, you're going to meditate with me. Susie's joining in for this one.
3: Oh good! Does she have a squeaky toy as well?
2: <laughs> uh, she loves meditating. She literally absolutely loves it.
3: Oh, that's so great! Yeah, <laughs> dogs like it. Dogs can feel the energy, or cat, yes. you know, cats, kids, anything really. Let's see if we can. Uh, let's see if we can do this. If he gets loud, I'll I'll mute it. All right, loves. Okay. So, if it is safe for you to do so, go ahead and gently close your eyes. And we'll just start by taking a few deep breaths together, long, slow inhale through your nose, open mouth, audible exhale. Doing a few more like that at your own pace, long, slow inhales. really allowing a little bit of a sigh to accompany these next few exhales out through your mouth. One more like that, and then allow that breath to begin to move really effortlessly in and out through your nose, and just start to notice, notice any sounds that you can hear without any judgment without getting involved. Notice any sounds in your environment. Allowing these sensory palpable experiences to start to more and more anchor you and ground you. Begin to connect to any physical sensations. Maybe it's where you feel your weight being supported. Maybe you start to become aware of the sensation of your heartbeat, that light pulse in your chest, your arms, your fingertips. Maybe you start to become aware of the fact that you're breathing. Maybe for the first time today, paying attention that life that is being offered to you with every single breath in that you take.
4: Notice where you feel that breath in your body, in your nose and your chest and your abdomen.
3: and allowing your focus, your attention, to continue to rest on the sensation of that inhale and that exhale. And as you inhale, beginning to invite in the silent, Repetition of so, and as you exhale, hum.
4: As you inhale, so, as you exhale, hum. Resting on those two
3: anchors for your attention. and knowing that it is in the nature of your mind to wander. Practice noticing
4: when you drift away. When you find another thought
3: to engage with, some sound, some physical sensation, practice noticing where your attention has gone and gently find your way back.
4: Inhaling so, exhaling hum. Notice where your mind is, keep finding your way back.
3: And with your eyes remaining closed, gently releasing the repetition of the mantra.
4: Knowing that the way that you see your world is subjective.
3: Knowing that it is how you perceive the stimulus around you that determines how you respond to it internally. So sealing our meditation by empowering one quality or one mindset, one thing that you want to sponsor, the thoughts that you choose to believe, the words that you speak and the actions that you take, what is one thing that you want to bring more of into your life? One quality, one mindset,
4: trust, presence, patience, clarity.
3: Don't overthink it. Just notice what comes up as you ask that question. What are you craving more of in your life? What do you want more of? imagining your ability to filter
4: what you see around you through that lens as if it were as easy as
3: swiping through the different filters that we do all throughout the day on our phones. What do you want to filter the rest of this day through? A lens of what?
4: Abundance, trust, positivity, hope, worth,
3: knowing that you will always see evidence of what you're looking for, and seeing if you can't distill that down to one word or a few words, what that filter will be for you today. And with these last few inhales, just beginning to silently repeat it to yourself, almost as if you are breathing in that intention. With all that in mind, taking one more deep breath in, pausing at the top of that breath, holding for four, Three, two, one, sighing everything out, letting everything go. Beginning to gradually find your way back into the room that you're in, back into your body. Letting all of your senses start to come back online and
4: wake back up. And when you're ready, Allowing your eyes to float open gently. How'd that
2: feel? That was amazing. I needed that. It's been a long day today. That was really amazing. I hope everyone actually followed us along with that. And if you obviously couldn't at the time, then definitely come back to it. I feel like my whole energy has changed. We didn't actually even get to talking about the breath, but that is for a whole nother episode. And yeah, we can do it again. Yeah, for sure. But thank you so much. That was honestly amazing. And guys, make sure you check out Megan on Instagram. I know she would absolutely welcome all kind of DMs. Um, and- oh and totally. Yeah, I'm here for you. Let me know what you need yeah if you're looking for any support i know she'll be there for you she's been so amazing for me we just connected the moment we ever first kind of come across each other so thank you guys all so much for listening and megan thank you so much for joining me today
3: thanks for having me thanks for having me i had so much fun
2: thank you see you later You have been listening to the Get Lit with Becky Rabin podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please don't forget to head to beckyraben.com to access all of my blogs and free downloads. And for all business owners, head to getlitinc.co.uk to access all of our online workshops, bundles and courses to help you grow your business. In the meantime, please do rate and review our podcast so that we can keep bringing you more motivation motivational litness. Thank you so much again for listening. Go and get lit, hun.